Punky Peeps, Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Wow, try saying that ten times fast. <laughs> How's everyone's Sunday night? Do you got snow where you're at right now? Because we sure do, and it sucks. Uh, I thought we were done with this. It's like halfway through April. I thought I would never have to look at snow until at least like November, December again. And sure enough, I look out my window as soon as I wake up this morning and what do I see on the neighbor's roof across the street? Snow. Ugh. Well, tonight we are going to be talking about one of the most well-known, most talked about episodes of Punky Brewster, aside from the Cherry Lifesaver episode from season two. This one is kind of a funny one, in a way. Season 3, episode 11, entitled The Metamorphosis, which aired on November 12th, 1987. Henry goes shopping for a brassiere, or bra, for Punky. Um, yeah, this is, couldn't be the most, one of the most uncomfortable things in the world for Punky to have to do with her father. Like I said, this is one of the things you don't do. You don't, if you can help it, you I, luckily, I had my grandma to take me when it came time for me to start wearing a bra. I got a training bra, moved up to a regular bra. It's an uncomfortable situation, I think, regardless of who you go with. Because, you know, you want to make sure it's the right size, the right fit. Size is apparently everything when it comes to getting a bra. I read uh, once online that there is something like a certain percentage of women actually are wearing the wrong size bra. I honestly finally just put through on the towel like, you know what, I'm just going to wear sports bras. These things are a pain in the butt. The straps are a pain in the butt when they get tangled up. When you put them in the wash and you're trying to adjust them, it's a pain in the butt. I don't... But... We gotta have something to hold them up, right? Or the, as Punky says in this episode, she calls it the over-the-shoulder boulder holder. I like that term. But luckily for Punky, Mrs. Johnson, Betty, is there to help her, Cherry and Margot, kind of navigate the choppy waters of preteenhood with the whole worrying about getting a bra, possibly wearing makeup, no talking about the other thing you'll have to eventually worry about. Yeah, we all know, uh, yeah. We ladies all know about that. Menstruation monster. Every month comes to visit Aunt Flo. Aunt Flo comes to visit. Luckily, I don't believe Betty touches on that subject. This being a children's show would not go that far. If this episode, if this show were aired today, do you think that they would bring that topic up? Before we get into this episode, real quick, I'm going to do a cute little rundown of some of the nice books that I would love to recommend that I have read recently. The first one is called The Unlikely Story of a Pig in the City by Jodi Kendall. This is a middle grade book. I Like I said, I have been reading a lot of middle grade books and I have been getting reading a lot of amazing, beautiful books middle grade books that I just, I want to recommend to everybody because they're they're sweet and they're charming. And this modern day homage to Charlotte's Web, a little pig in a big city leads to a lot of trouble. Can 11 year old Josie Schilling save the day? 
Josie Schilling's family is too big. Their cramped city house is too small. They live in a townhouse. And she feels like no one's ever on her side. Then on Thanksgiving Day, her older brother, Tom, who's in college, brings home a pink squirmy bundle wrapped in an old football jersey. Who he basically rescues from a nearby farm. And it's funny, this is a female pig. Wilbur from Charlotte's Web was a male. But they name this little piglet, they name her Hamlet. Such a cute little name. And much like Wilbur, who faced the axe of death, Tom was able to save little Hamlet from the axe of death. The minute Josie holds Hamlet, she feels an instant connection, but there's no room for Hamlet in the crowded Schilling household, and whoever heard of keeping a pig in the city? So it's up to Josie to find her a forever home. This modern-day homage to Charlotte's Web, the Charlotte's Web book even gets a mention in the story, is a heartwarming tale of family, belonging, and growing bigger when you've always felt small. Perfect for fans of Catherine Applegate, and Cammie McGovern. This was just the Goodreads uh, description of this. And actually, Josie is feeling kind of cramped in their little townhouse because she has two older sisters and an older, an older brother who's off to college, but she shares a room with her two older sisters and one younger sister. So it's just... Not enough room to breathe, you know. Josie actually does gymnastics. That's her one thing that she kind of does. But, um, you know, that kind of kind of sets her apart from her siblings and everything like that. And she's just kind of feeling underappreciated. Like, no one ever notices her and everything like that. Um, I really loved this book. It was really sweet. I gave it 4 out of 5. There's actually a sequel coming this fall to this book. And it is called Dog Days in the City. I'm excited to read that one. The next book I read is a YA book called Girl and... Excuse me, Girl Against the Universe by Paula Stokes. And I gave this 5 out of 5 stars. Maguire is bad luck. No matter how many charms she buys off the internet or good luck rituals performed each morning, horrible things happen when Maguire is around. Like that time the roller coaster jumped off its tracks. Or the time the house next door caught on fire. Or that time her brother, father, and uncle were all killed in a car crash. And Maguire walked away with barely a scratch. It's safest for Maguire to hide out in her room, where she can cause less damage and avoid new people who she could hurt. But then she meets Jordy, an aspiring tennis star. Jordy is confident, talented, and lucky. He's convinced he can help Maguire break her unlucky streak. Maguire knows the best thing she can do for Jordy is to stay away. But it turns out staying away may be harder than she thought. Now, I'm not giving too much of the book away to say that the book starts out with Maguire going to see a therapist about all of her, you know, she does her little rituals in the morning. She does these five-second checks whenever she's in a public area or outside where there's people around just checking, making sure that um, no one trips over anything or this or that. And um, one day she comes out and there's this boy just sitting there. She doesn't know who he is. And they just get to talking and then McGuire starts, actually she ends up going to a new school 
and because there are rumors about her being uh, bad luck, uh, she was at a birthday party and everyone got food poisoning when she was like eight years old or something, and just things just started happening and kids didn't really want her around and anyway she goes to a new school decides to join the tennis team her psych her uh, therapist tells her you know creates a bunch of different challenges for her because the big thing is um in december she's supposed to go to ireland to see her grandmother uh, who's her dad's mom who's setting up this big tribute memorial to her dad and uncle and brother and everything like that and since that car accident that killed her dad brother and uncle she hasn't been able to get into a car very well as far as she'll like get into a car with her mom and she avoids any other forms of transportation buses planes trains all that stuff just because she's afraid of what might happen but uh, one of the challenges, she decides to take up tennis lessons. And lo and behold, she gets to tennis tryouts. And who does she meet? The boy from the psychiatrist, the therapist's office. She learns his name is Jordy. And he's actually a tennis star. Everyone knows about Jordy and everything like that. Um, so they kind of, you know, Jordy's got his own challenges that he has to work on that the therapist kind of set up for him. So they kind of help each other out and in a way they kind of develop a relationship and, you know, McGuire makes friends and all that stuff. It's really a cute book. Um, I, this book came out two years ago and I think I got it when it first came out, but it took me, you know, just sat on my shelf for a while. I'm like, you know, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read it. I want to talk real quick about a couple of the books I'm currently reading. One of these is really cute and kind of like Punky Brewster in a way as far as she really doesn't care what people think about her. This book is called, it's a middle grade book called The First Rule of Punk by Celia C. Perez. I'm sorry if I uh, got the name wrong because there's one of those hash marks above the E. From debut author and longtime zine maker Celia C. Perez, the first rule of punk is a wry and heartfelt exploration of friendship, finding your place, like Punky, and learning to rock out like no one's watching. There are no shortcuts to surviving your first day at a new school. You can't fix it with duct tape like you would your Chuck Taylors. On day one, 12-year-old Melu Marie Louisa, if you want to annoy her, inadvertently upsets Poseta Middle School's Queen Bee, violates the school dress code with her punk rock look, and disappoints her college professor mom in the process. Her dad, who now lives a thousand miles away, says things will get better as long as she remembers the first rule of punk. Be yourself. The real Malu... Guys, I'm sorry. I'm just Malu. I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's M-A-L-U. Loves rock music, skateboarding, zines. The book itself is feel filled with these really cool zines. Are kind of like magazines, but you got like um, you cut up like pictures and stuff out of old magazines and like words and stuff, and kind of do your own little thing. It's really cool. The author, you know, put pictures and stuff and illustrations, and it's really awesome. And Sorizo, hold the cilantro, please. So, Melu does not like cilantro. And when she assembles a group of like-minded misfits at school and starts a band, 
May Lou finally dis- begins to feel at home. She'll do anything to preserve this, which includes standing up to anti-punk school administration to fight for her right to express herself. Black and white illustrations and a collage art and collage art throughout make the first roll punk a perfect pick for fans of books like Roller Girl and online magazines like Rookie. I'm almost halfway through this book, and I love this. Actually, um, Melu, I'm just going to call her that. Um, her parents are actually divorced, but what's cool about it is they get along really well. And um, her mother is a professor at a college. She's got a two-year stint in Chicago. So they move from either Florida or California. I'm not sure. But um, it's only for two years, and her dad owns a, a really awesome record store. It's really cool. And has this dog, the little pit bull dog that's really cute. I already forgot what the dog's name was. But um, Melu, on her first day of school, she wears, uh, kind of paints her eyes up and stuff like that. Like those 80s uh, rockers, like Pat Benatar and... Um, What's that other lady? I'm trying to remember what the heck her name is. Um, it was like a two-girl rock band thing, but I cannot remember. They sang that song Cherry Bomb. I cannot think of it, the name of... But anyway. Um, and this girl, you know, she's got ripped jeans. She put a piece of duct tape. duct tape on the bottom of her shoe too because her shoe was falling apart and her mom looks at her and says if you get told to change your outfit you are not going back to school looking like this are we clear and she's like mom it's fine no actually she gets pulled out of class goes to the auditorium to find other kids that are in quote unquote violation of the school dress code and they have to go home and have their parents sign a form this boy had cut dyed his hair blue and was told to come back with his regular hair color this is a public school. This is ridiculous. I know there are, I mean, with the whole thing with the skirts being a particular length. That I get. But this girl couldn't even wear tights underneath her skirt? That is ridiculous. Oh my god. How is that distracting and offensive in any way? How are kids not able to be able to express who they are? I mean... I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, think about it. Think about it. If Punky Brewster dressed the way that she did then, now, would she be told to return, go to the principal's office, go home and change? No. I don't. Well, I don't know. With the way things are, she might might have been. All right. And the last book that I am currently reading called Starry Eyes. Guys, this is a great book since summer's coming up. This is by Jen Bennett, who wrote the book Alex Approximately, which came out last year. Also a very good book. Ever since last year's homecoming dance, best friends turned best enemies, Zori and Lennon. I love the name Lennon. Very nice. Have made an art of avoiding each other. It doesn't hurt that their families are the modern day Californian Californian version of the Montagues and the Capulets. But when a group camping trip goes south, oh boy, I haven't gotten there yet. 
Zori and Lennon find themselves stranded in the wilderness. Oh, crap. Alone? Oh, boy. God, this is probably going to spoil stuff for me. Together, what could go wrong? With no one but each other for company, Zori and Lennon have no choice but to hash out their issues via witty jabs and insults as they try to make their way to safety. But fighting each other while also fighting off the forces of nature... Oh boy, is a bear going to show up? Oh, now I'm nervous. Makes getting out of the woods in one piece less and less likely. And all... And as the two travel deeper into the Northern California's rugged backcountry, secrets and hidden feelings surface. But can Zori and Lennon's rekindled connection survive out in the real world, or was it just a result of the fresh forest air and the magic of the twinkling stars? Now, I'm not even halfway through this book, and I am really enjoying it. This is my second Jen Bennett book. This is a YA book, and guys, if, you know, with summer coming spring eventually is going to be here it's the time for contemporaries but i talked enough about books um let's get on with the show so shall we <laughs> i hope i gave you guys some awesome recommendations for books we open up the episode in the kitchen what and it looks like possibly either this is right just before dinner or after i'm thinking it's gotta be just they're getting ready for dinner table set henry's pulling something out of the fridge i'm sorry i was wrong it's after dinner henry was putting something in the fridge not taking it out as punky is by the sink probably scraping off her plate and henry's scraping what little bit is left on a plate into brandon's dog bowl henry dead is what leads to doggy obesity Brandon does not need table scraps. Plus, it was barely hardly anything. You may as well just chucked it in the trash. So, Brandon barks, and Henry's like, what's the matter with him? And Punky kind of looks over in the dish and looks at Henry's like, uh, Brandon doesn't like lima beans. And I'm thinking, well, he probably gets that from you, Punky. You don't like lima beans either. Which I can't blame either of them. Lima beans have got to be nasty. They're right up there with peas. I'm not a fan of peas either. So Henry looks at Brandon and asks, Is that true? And Brandon doesn't answer. He doesn't bark. Just takes his bowl in his mouth. Dumps it in the trash. <laughs> uh, he's making his point. And the audience applauds at this. Like, oh, good dog. You put your dish in the trash. Henry just goes over to the trash, pulls Brandon's dish out, and looks, says, Sometimes I wonder who's in charge around here. Well, clearly it's Brandon. As Henry takes another dish and scrapes quite a bit of stuff into there. What is, what is it, though? It just looks like a mismatched hodgepodge assortment of, like, bacon and eggs or something. The way he slammed that fork against the plate right near Brandon, and Brandon just kind of looks at him, it's almost like Henry's like, matter of fact, here, eat this. I don't see you disagreeing about what I'm putting in your bowl now. And Punky's just kind of standing over by the fridge, and I see the um, Barnum and Bailey animal crackers. Remember the little box that had, like, an animal in each corner? how they were in their cage and everything. I loved those. I had tried them once as an adult. 
I don't know whether I just, maybe it's just an acquired taste that I had as a kid, but I just kind of uh, grew out of once I had it as an adult. Um, I see that Punky in the background's got a yellow lunchbox, just your average plastic lunchbox that has um, a space astronaut. I love how these little touches here, they're still reminding us that Punky is really still into the astronaut and space program. So this is where we get this early on. I thought this didn't come till later in the episode, but no, this is right out the gate. Uh, Punky says she has to bring something up to Henry, and she's a little nervous, a little uncomfortable. It's like, I'm kind of embarrassed to talk to you about this sort of thing. And, because, you know, she doesn't want to embarrass him. And he's like, I won't be embarrassed. Just tell me what it is you gotta tell me. And you can tell by looking at Soleil, she is slowly starting to develop. It is slightly a little noticeable. And I can imagine that bringing this up now versus later on when it's even more noticeable, it's like, it's probably best just to kind of get it out there and just that way. I mean, other girls are going through the same issue when they're right around 10, 11 years old. They're starting to slowly, their chest isn't nearly as flat anymore. They got a couple bumps. It's awkward. You want to constantly cross your arms so people don't see. And I love how he says, you know, you can talk to me about anything. Absolutely anything. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she says this like, Henry, I'm getting boobs. She says this with a smile like... <laughs> I'm going to play, the, play this scene for you guys. I'll be right back. I can't do it justice. Everybody knows this line. Um, Henry? Yes? There's something I sort of, well, want to talk to you about. I'm all ears. I'm not exactly sure how to exactly put this. You won't get embarrassed? Me? Embarrassed? <laughs> Punky, you can talk to me about absolutely anything. Absolutely anything, right? Right. So up with it. Henry, I'm getting boobs. <laughs> Henry, are you all right? Oh, certainly, of course. No, no, no problem. I just dropped a few boobs. I mean, plates. Here, let me help. No, no, I got it. You go to bed. It's bedtime. Henry, it's a quarter to seven. Okay, then you stay up and I'll go to bed. You are embarrassed. I am not embarrassed. It's just that this is an important subject and we shouldn't attack it when there's so little time left in the day. After all, the sun will set in less than an hour. Henry. Go and get, jump into your pajamas and we'll talk about it first thing tomorrow. Well, the next day. But Henry... Go, 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 go! Oh, great Warnemont. This qualifies you for the blundering Hall of Fame. And Punky, when she says this, she just has this proud smile on her face. So the plates that he's kind of holding when she says this kind of clatter to the table. And Punky notices, like, okay, he's clearly uncomfortable, me even mentioning this, because Henry's, oh, I just dropped a couple boobs. I mean, uh, the, the. 
So, of course, Punky kind of offers to help clear the table. And he's like, no, 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 you just, I got it. Just, you, you, um, go somewhere else. Go, go get ready for bed. She's like, uh, Henry, it's like a quarter to seven. And he's like, fine, you stay here. I'll go to bed and we'll talk about this some other time. He clearly, it's like, he doesn't want to talk about it. It's very embarrassing for him. And he just wants to kind of put her away from him. Like, he can't get away from her fast enough. Well, Henry, you knew she was not going to stay a flat-chested eight-year-old for long. You know, she's a girl. She's hit that time. She's a preteen. You're going to be dealing with not just that thing, but the other thing. And her dating and other things. <laughs> it's a part of life. It's a part of growing up. I know it's gross to talk about. It's kind of creepy, scary, all that stuff. So she, he goes to head out into the living room and she's, oh, you are embarrassed. It's like she's calling him out on it. Like, you can't say that this isn't bothering you, that you're not embarrassed. And he's like, no, I'm not embarrassed. Like, yeah, you are. <laughs> and he, he kind of says, you know, it's a very important subject. And we just, we shouldn't talk about it when there's so much little light left in the day. It's like... Well, fine, we can bring it up tomorrow when there's more daylight and there's more time. <laughs> You're now getting out of this, Henry. This kind of reminds me of when um, I was in 8th grade, I was 14, and my dad and I were just, like, at Meyer, just kind of shopping around. I had to get some clothes for gym class. And I remember I got, like, um, almost like kind of like a, a track suit you know, zip up thing, and he, my dad mentioned something about, like, here, get this, have the guys, have the boys get a look at you, or something like that. Have those, those boys get a look at you, like, what? <laughs> what boys? No boys like me. Like, I knew even back then, it's like, dad, I'm not an attractive person, I know this doesn't matter what I wear to gym class. No guys will ever look in my direction. At least until I'm in my 20s. And luckily somebody did and I married that person. Remember how in the first season of Punky Brewster, you know the um, divided doors that lead from the kitchen to the living room and back again? Well, on the inside facing the kitchen side, on the top half... There's this picture of a um, space shuttle or, or something in orbit in space. So other than that and in the Best Friends episode where Cherry says, well, you said you want to be an astronaut. You know, I thought you'd be in space. You'd be in orbit. So I like that they, they are calling that back. But other than that, I don't know if they reference it a whole lot more. I mean, we definitely see she's got the lunchbox. She's also got a Cabbage Patch doll that is in a spacesuit in her bedroom. So Henry orders her to bed, and she kind of got a sad, frowny face. And it's like, I know you want to talk to somebody about this. I know this is a confusing, scary time for you, punk you punky, but Henry, eh, this is going to be very awkward for him. And I can't see I mean she's she's got no qualm she's we're worried about it being embarrassing for him than it really would be for her 
Hey, look at that uh, hardwired telephone in the wall. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> I do. But I think this is a push-button one from the looks of it. So Punky leaves and Henry is just kind of like, Oh, God, dang. Why? How did we get here? Oh, you were just nine years old, like, two years ago. What happened? So Henry's kind of beating himself up mentally, but, Oh, great, you just landed in the... Dorkenheimer Goof Father of the Year Goof Up Award or some Hall of Fame. Okie dokie, here's a quick question. Remember last episode when Punky was in Brandon's body and knocked over the Tenderheart Care Bear cookie jar? That must have, they must have had more than one because it's all magically back to normal put together like it never ever happened. Wait a minute. <laughs> I just realized something. Duh! That was a dream she had that didn't actually happen. But they must have had one on hand, though, to break. Because they filmed it. So, luckily, Henry thinks to himself, probably about, you know, who can he talk to in this sort of issue. Uh, he goes over the phone and calls Betty. Good, Henry. But he tells her, hurry! Oh my god, there's a crisis! She's gonna think you are lying dead on the floor having a heart attack. Or lying on the floor close to having a heart attack. Don't ever, ever, ever utter those words to a registered nurse. Get over here quick! Uh, uh, crisis! Uh. Like, come on, Henry, please. She's gonna think you're on the floor. So in the next scene, Betty comes over and kind of asks what's going on. And Henry's like, Punky appears to be getting something. And Betty's like thinking, like, what, a disease or something? <laughs> and he's like, he's just fumbling over his words. And she's like, spit it out. What are you trying to say? And he says, she's developing and Betty, of course, is, like, developing what, exactly? She straight up says illness. Like, she thinks, like, oh, she's developing a cold, or she's developing a something or other. So he says she's enlarges, enlarging, developing, enlarging. These are photographer terms. Henry, you're making it sound like she's got an interest in being a photographer. So Betty's like, so she got a new camera. And Henry's like, no! Henry can't even say the words. I don't blame you, Henry. I can rarely say, I can't say boobs either. It makes me uncomfortable. I've always, growing up, and even now, I'll use the word, I'll say chest. I'll say, like, my chest or something. I don't say breasts. I try not to. <laughs> I don't know. Boobs? Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. And Henry's got his hands into fists now. And he is just really like, don't make me say that. Don't make me say this. It's like, ugh, if I have to blurt it out. So he says, my daughter claims that she's getting breasts. <laughs> and Betty's like, breasts? And Henry's like, sure. <laughs> Betty, could you be any more louder? I don't think the people downstairs heard you. 
So Betty's like, really, Henry? Really? You called me down here for this? And she turns around and is like, you know, I'm going home. Forget it. But Henry's like, he doesn't know how to talk about this with her. It's a very, very touchy, delicate subject that only, honestly, only a female can really bring about that information and discuss it with another female. You try to do that with a guy. A guy's not going to really know the ins and outs of that kind of stuff. It's personal. It, it takes a, a a young girl talking to a woman about that kind of stuff. I still remember, you know, sometimes I would forget to put on a bra when I was a teenager. And Pam would say, you know, if you keep doing that, when you get to be my age, you're going to have saggy bosoms. No one wants saggy bosoms. And just before Betty exits the kitchen, kitchen, she turns around to Henry and says, First of all, for the record, a crisis is a five-alarm fire, a broken bone. It is not a developing preteen. I love how she says puberty is rarely fatal. Yeah, that's true. So Henry pleads with her. He's like, I'm in over my head. He actually takes her by the hand and pulls her back into the kitchen and has her sit down and just kind of explains, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to the fact that Punky has reached this age that I just... (laughs) He needs all the help that he can get in this area of expertise. And Betty... Betty, no, her last name is Johnson. That's her married name. Her son, Cherry's father, was the one that passed. So Cherry's mother is her daughter-in-law. It kind of took me, I don't know why it took me a while to kind of constantly figure, like, how is, you know, Cherry's parent the relation to Betty? So... But Betty said she's raised a lot of kids, though. How many children did she have? We know she had Cherry's dad. And maybe she raised, like, you know, nieces and nephews. And, you know, maybe she had... But she never talks about having other kids, though. So maybe she ran a daycare out of her house? I'm not sure. So Henry tells Betty, he's like, Betty, I need your help. Betty sits down, puts her feet, her bare feet. I didn't even know that. I guess when he called her, she was in the middle of uh, painting her toenails because she's got cotton balls kind of wedged in between her toes and everything like that. Like, I didn't even know she didn't even have any shoes on until then. So she just calms Henry down. It's like, you know, what was happening to Punky is absolutely perfectly normal. And I, she says that, you know, he should consider himself lucky because, you know, she had a son. Try uh, dealing with that stuff. So, actually, it turns out Cherry is driving Betty up the wall because Cherry wants a bra. And Betty's like, she doesn't need one. She's not there yet. Well, get her a training bra then. I mean, it's good practice. Snaps on the front. I wish more bras snapped in the front. It'd be so much easier. I mean, trying to fiddle with those wires in the back. And then having them kind of rub up against your back and stuff. I mean, there's that little, you know, cotton flap that you can kind of uh, 
put there so you don't have those little hooks kind of rubbing up against you and everything. But it's still uncomfortable and a pain. That's why I just kind of ditched the whole thing for now. And just, you know, putting on weight and stuff. It's like I kind of, uh, they didn't fit anymore. And let me tell you this right now. Bras are not cheap. They are not cheap. I think usually I would go and get like a two-pack. And they probably, and these were Hanes. And they ran probably over 20 bucks. I mean, I'm not going to Victoria's Secret to get some fancy schmancy leopard print sexy bra. I don't need that crap. I mean, yeah, if you want to look nice for whoever, that's cool and all. And, you know, flashy, showy, what have you. But no, it's just typical... Sports bra is so simple. You put it on, you go. You still got a little bit of support. I'm sorry if there are guys listening to this podcast. I'm sorry. This is a girl-centric body episode. So, Henry is like, hey, maybe we should trade kids. Like, nah, do you really want Jerry? Mm, I don't know. So, when he says that, like, hey, maybe we should trade kids... Betty just looks at him like, we're not doing that. And then she says, you know, you are overreacting a bit. And Henry sits down and says, you know, when she told me, when Punky told me this, my throat actually closed up. It's like, Henry, you went into full-on meltdown panic mode. So Henry tells her, you know, she needs to talk to a woman. I'm not qualified. It's like... Betty, please, just do Henry a solid. I mean, you gotta talk to Cherry anyway. You may as well include Punky in this conversation so you don't have to repeat yourself twice. And Punky really, really, at this point, does need a woman's advice when it comes to talk of bras and periods, which they don't get into on this show because it is a children's show. So Betty finally does relent and agree, you know, I gotta talk to Cherry, I'll include Punky as well. And that's when the tea kettle whistles, meaning the tea is ready, and Punky just happens, she's in her pajamas. I love these pajamas, they are so cool. I wonder if this is like an actual thing, or maybe it's just something like one of the fashion designers or somebody on the set kind of made just specifically for Punky. But she does uh, happen by the outside of the door, just kind of standing there, hearing what Henry is going to say. Punky idiot just now noticed she's got a cup in her hand, so maybe she's going to get some water or milk or juice or something, or chocolate milk. But she overhears Henry say... Why couldn't Punky have just stayed a little girl? Well, they don't do that. Children grow, they get older. You have to accept that. If you and your wife, if your wife had lived, if you guys had had children, you would have been facing this. Well, if his wife had lived, had they had children, he wouldn't be having this conversation. This would be the wife's territory. But, Henry, if you had a son, you would be going through the same thing, only different. You'd be talking to him about other things and changing bodies and everything that a mother wouldn't be able to talk to her son about. So, you know, Betty's like, you know, kids grow up. And Henry's like, yeah, I know, I know, I just, I hate to see her change. And Punky has a look of 
she's shocked to hear this. It's like, she's hurt. Like, he doesn't want me to change. I, it's like, poor kid. He wants Punky to stay just the way she is. Henry, that, we all want that, don't we? Come on. All parents want their kids to stay the same. As in, they want to, them to stay that age and never get older. He kind of makes a joke about this, about how, you know, when I signed her adoption papers, no one told me she'd get older. He, he's clearly making a joke, but Punky is kind of taking this a little like, oh, wow. Like, she's thinking he's serious. Like, he's not, he's just, he's blowing off steam and frustration, confusion, and fear. Betty, of course, makes a joke like, you know, you should have read the fine print. And they laugh about it. And all the while, we are seeing Punky's face is just in utter shock and confusion. Like, what? Huh? Like, sweetie, they're being sarcastic. They they don't mean what they're saying. They certainly don't know what that she's listening by the door. Otherwise, they would have censored themselves. Henry's still harping on this as he's like, you know, Betty, the actual truth is, uh, I don't want Punky to grow up. He said this in how many variations over the course of their conversation in the last ten minutes. I Clearly, he does not want her to grow up. And Punky's just standing there so sad, like, uh, I just had to get boobs. I just had to grow up, didn't I? Couldn't, she can't stay that little pigtailed haired girl forever. I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. What is it? Punky says she's getting... Let me see. How shall I put this? She's getting something? It appears as if... It looks as though... Spit it out, Henry. She's developing. Developing what? An illness? No! She's enlarging. Developing? Enlarging? She got a new camera? <laughs> If I must blurt it out, my daughter claims that she's getting breasts. Breasts? <laughs> you call me down here for that. For the record, Henry, a crisis is a three-alarm fire or broken bone. Puberty is rarely fatal. Mary, I'm in over my head. I don't know how to handle this. I need your help. Henry, what's happening to Punky is perfectly normal. Shook said yourself lucky. Lucky? Cherry's been driving me crazy to get her a bra, but she just doesn't need one yet. Maybe we should trade kids. You know you're overreacting. Of course I am. When she brought it out, my throat closed. She needs to talk to a woman. I'm just not qualified. All right. I want to have a few words for Cherry, so I'll talk to them together. Thank you, Betty. I genuinely appreciate this. Betty, why can't Punky remain a little girl? Well, everyone grows up, Henry. I know. I just hate to see her change. 
I want Punky to stay just the way she is. There's nothing you can do about that. Look, when I signed her adoption papers, nobody told me she'd get older. Well, you should have read the fine print. <laughs> Betty, the actual truth is I don't want Punky to grow up. All three girls are hanging out in the treehouse, so this is going to be a perfect time for Betty to come up and speak to all three of the girls about what's going on, the changes in their bodies and everything. Straight out the gate, uh, Cherry wastes no time as she asks, so how many girls in our grade, they're currently in fifth grade, how many girls in our grade have bras now? She's very, very focused on the whole aspect of the bras because as Betty mentioned, Cherry's been obsessed with wanting to get a bra. It's clearly it's everyone else is wearing a bra. Everyone else looks like they're developing. I haven't yet, even though I want to. I want to fit in because everyone's wearing a bra. You know, in um, the Babysitter's Club, the girls were talking about that too. About how, um, how many of them were... One was wearing, a couple were wearing bras, while the others were not wearing them. They hadn't developed just yet. And just, wearing bras is like, for girls, it's like a level, a sign of maturity. You're getting older and everything like that. You're not a little girl anymore running around in pigtails like Punky was. And also, you know, it's a sign of, of womanhood. You're coming into, you know, becoming a young woman. So, Margo's like, oh, in, uh, seven, including moi, of course. It's like, you have nothing to hold up. But, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. You want to start wearing a training bra? You know, it's awesome. Get ready. You know, it's like, training bra, graduate. Well, I thought it was like, like, girl, like, undershirt. Train to the next step, training bra. So, you feel like what it's like to have you know, that support, so you're familiarizing your body with it, and then eventually you're upgrading to a regular bra, which you'd be wearing all the time. So both Punky and Cherry look at Margo in amazement and surprise, like, you? You are wearing a bra right now, really? Yeah, Margo's like, you know, I've had this bra for 16 days, so over two weeks. And she's, like, acting like, oh, I'm surprised you haven't noticed. And she kind of thrusts out her chest with her hands on her hips. Like, uh, okay. So, do you want us to give you compliments, Margo? Say how nice you look? Like, oh, we can definitely tell. <laughs> we can definitely see your mountain peaks. <laughs> I love Punky's comeback when she's kind of like, well, we haven't noticed. <laughs> Because there's nothing to notice. <laughs> oh, she and Cherry share a look and a laugh. Like, you ain't got nothing there, girl. That bra's doing nothing but supporting air. <laughs> but in all serious, Cherry's like, you don't need a bra, Margo. And, you know, Margo agrees. She understands. It's like, she's, but she's practicing. She's getting ready for the moment. She, you know, they just... 
with Margo and I think Cherry, it's a matter of fitting in. Where uh, I mean, they're more ready to accept it. Whereas Henry's fear of Punky growing up has kind of put a little doubt and apprehension in Punky's mind. Like she's not ready yet to fully accept that her body's changing. Because she knows it's like, if I do this, I get this bra, Henry's going to love me less because I'm not that little girl anymore. And Margo's like, but I will any second. Dang, you think she'd be talking about her period? Like, any second I'm going to get it. No, it just happens. That just happens. Whereas a bra, uh, your chest is something visible. You can see, feel it growing. But the other thing... Um, it just happens. And luckily for me, I had an older sister. So when it did happen, I pretty much knew what it was. I remember talking to my grandma about it and everything like that. And my grandma actually was the one to take me bra shopping. It was still really embarrassing. Um, you know, being in that dressing room and my grandma bringing in a few bras like, here, try this one on. Here, try that one on. Oh, does that fit? Oh, here, let me check the straps. Are they tight enough? Do you feel comfortable? It's like, uh, I really want to go home right now. So Cherry is like, just amazed when Margo's like, any second now, they're going to pop out. And she's like, any second? Like, whoa, Cherry, um, boobs don't work that way. <laughs> That's not how it goes. So Margo has this funny thing about how she only sleeps on her back because apparently boobs only grow at... Hey, hey, I said it. How about that? Um, They only grow at night. Is that true? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I just looked this up. I wanted to look up the myths about boobs. So I looked up on this website. It says nine myths about breasts that you should stop believing. See, breasts stay the same size. You might think your boobs stay mostly the same size over the course of your life, but that's actually not true. People don't realize that even a weight gain, can, as little as five pounds, can affect your bra size. It's important to pay attention to the changes in your body and how your bra looks and feels. And as a rule of thumb, get a professional fitting or fit yourself every year. Remember how I said something about the fact that um, uh, what the hell? <laughs> that a good portion of peop- women are wearing the wrong size bra? Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, genetics doesn't play a role in breast size. Although genetics aren't the end-all be-all when it comes to breast size, they do play some role. Breast size is a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Oh, this is a plastic surgeon saying this. Some people are predisposed to larger breasts. In addition, as people gain weight, their breasts also become larger. Uh, Sagging breast volume and breast shape can also be genetically influenced. 
Um, just because your sister has bigger breasts than you doesn't mean that your size is also particularly influenced by jeans. Oh, there's a cute picture of a Sharpay puppy. You can wear the same bra size, bra, you can wear the same size bra no matter the brand or cut. Uh, um, most women wear more than one size bra whether they know it or not. So it's a myth to think that you'll be able to just throw on the same size no matter the brand, cut, or fabric. Bras fit like jeans, so you can wear different sizes. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting. It doesn't matter if you think you're a size 34C, although you might be that size in one bra. If you try it on in another style, it could be all wrong. You absolutely cannot sleep in a bra. You probably heard that shouldn't that you shouldn't ever sleep in a bra, period. Although it's probably not a good idea to sleep in your everyday underwire. It's not exactly true. You can't sleep in your bra at all. The body here you go, Margo, here's something interesting. The body really spreads out, bends and moves in a different way when it's lying down versus standing up. So if you do choose to sleep in a bra, uh, it says, have used something without underwire. Made of a very soft and stretchy material. Okay. Interesting. You can exercise your way to bigger boobs? What? Yeah, it sound, that sounds like a lot of crap. Oh, your breasts are made of tissue, not muscle. Interesting. Okay. Um, breast cancer is usually genetic. Okay, um, that, that's that, um, there was other things based on, like, breastfeeding, but Punky and her friends don't have to worry about that until they have children. So, or stuff about breast implants, which they don't need, because they're not developing, they're developing, but not yet to the point where they would need any type of surgery. Hopefully I did not bore you with all those breast facts. So, Cherry is really eating all this stuff up. These facts that supposed, supposed facts that Margot is coming up with about your chest, your boobs, breast size, and Punky's just kind of sitting away from him, just like, I'm not even believing any of this. This is just, you guys are too wrapped up in chest size. So, according to Margot, if you sleep on your stomach, which actually I hear you're not really supposed to do, you get the flattened out kind. And <laughs> Punky just kind of laughs at this. Like, she just scoffs. Like, Cherry, you just, this is just crap that Margo's feeding you. And you're eating it up. Why? I know you want to have a bra. But listening to Marble, Margo's mumbo jumbleness about this stuff is not going to get you that bra any faster. And it's not going to make your chest size grow any faster either. Apparently, if you sleep on your side, according to Margot, your breasts come out crooked. What? Girl, what are you reading this in? Where are you getting this information? I want to know where she's getting her information. Her mom? She's not getting it from the internet, that we know. So, Punky finally calls Margot out on her crap. Like, Margot, you're being ridiculous. None of that stuff is true. Well, Margot's like, alright, here's an example. How about this Lizzie girl from school? Um... Wouldn't you say she's a little lopsided? Okay, Margo, here's a fact. Breasts usually sometimes can vary in size. They're not always going to be the same size. 
One might be a little bigger than the other. They're not always going to be perfectly proportioned. So, Cherry's like, if I show you guys something, you both promise to keep it a secret. I'm thinking, okay, whoa, whoa, Cherry, you're not gonna, like, pull your shirt up and expose your chest. Okay, don't, don't do that, sweetie, okay? They don't need to, they don't need to see that. <laughs> we don't want to see it, okay? No, she's actually gonna pull out some clamshell thing that she uses thinking these little, I must, I must, and I must increase my bus. You know those things that advertise that you kind of squeeze, like, in front of you? Like, Cherry apparently thinks that it will help you increase your bust size, which you haven't even de really been developing yet, Cherry. So, I mean, if you want to get a head start, great. If you want to think that that helped you, you need someone to kind of clear up that misconception. <laughs> So Marco's like, come on, Cherry, you know I can't keep a secret. Then <laughs> she stands up, pulls five bucks out of her pocket, and says, hey, but I'll give you five dollars if you tell me anyway. I'd be like, okay, thank you. Um, anyway. <laughs> so Cherry goes over to what looks like a toy box. She pulls out this big box and p takes the top off of it and pulls out this, it looks like a hard plastic, like, clamshell thing. Like, shell-shaped? And at first I'm like, oh, what are those? Like, um, something you put your diaphragm in? Or birth control pills? Or something like that? It's called the Blossom and Bloom Bust Developer. Oh, I see it's got a spring on it. Okay, yeah, I get it. So she's, like, pushing it with her hands. With her arms, you know, elbows kind of tucked into her sides like that. Like, uh, that thing has got to be a thing. I swear I saw something like that where they're saying that that does absolutely nothing. Like, I'm one of those, like, Dr. Oz, like, the doctors, like, their reality show. All those myths and misconceptions about things that claim to increase your breast size, but don't. Oh, the only thing I can say about this is her arms are definitely getting a workout. She's got to do it according to the pamphlet. It says 15 times before breakfast, before lunch, and before dinner. So that's 45 times a day. Times seven days a week. That's too much time. And it, well, she's exercised. She's going to get arm muscles if she keeps doing that. So that's something that'll grow. Your muscles will grow, but your boobs won't. <laughs> I like it's Punky is like, no, it's not gonna increase your size. It's gonna like give you uh, bigger armpits or bigger arm muscles. Yeah, Punky had to kind of burst your bubble there, Jerry. You're getting a little too uh excited about that thing actually working <laughs> and to cherry's defense she's like, "Oh, it worked for this girl, and she turns a box over, and we see a girl with no face. And she's not wearing a shirt. Her boobs are hanging out. And they're pointy. And, uh... It's like... That's not a real person. That's a drawing. An illustration. That's nothing. You Don't base your... Uh... Assumptions or whatever on that fact. Oh, it's a before and after animated picture. Okay, or uh, illustrated picture. This person clearly had a uh, implant put into her breast to make them point out even farther. That was not done by that thing. That contraption that you hold in your hands, Cherry. That was done by surgery. Uh, 
and Punky there again, bursting Cherry's bubble like <laughs> that is not real. That is a drawing. The only thing that made her boob size bigger was a paintbrush or a pencil. So I'm gonna play this clip. I'll be right back. So, how many girls in our grade have brows now? Exactly seven, including, of course, moi. You? Yes. I've had a bra for 16 days. I'm surprised you haven't noticed. We haven't noticed because there's nothing to notice. <laughs> you don't need a bra, Margo. Maybe not yet, but I will any second. <laughs> any second? <laughs> oh, definitely. At night now, I always make sure to sleep on my back. You know the only girl at night. I didn't know that. Yes, if you sleep on your stomach, you get the flattened out kind. <laughs> what if you sleep on your side? They come out crooked. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, you think so? Take Lizzie Cladwell. Wouldn't you say she's a little, uh, lopsided? Well, uh, yeah. Side sleeper. Uh, if I show you guys something, will you both really promise to keep it a secret? I promise. Cherry, you know I can't keep a secret. But I'll give you five dollars if you tell me anyway. Check this out. What's that? The Blossom and Bloom bus developer. Watch. <laughs> the instructions say to do this 15 times before breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It'll put inches on my bust. No, it won't. It'll just give you bigger armpits. <laughs> it worked for this girl. Look. Before. After. <laughs> Cherry, that's a drawing. The only thing that made her bigger was a paintbrush. <laughs> Punky's right. Everyone knows there's only one sure way to make your boobs grow. What? I eat... cheese puffs. <laughs> cheese puffs? Yeah. Think about it. They're filled with air? <laughs> is worse than Sherry's. She eats cheese puffs to make her chest grow. No! 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 Margo! That is the worst theory I've ever heard in my life! And her theory is it's because they're filled with air? Good for you. Doesn't mean it's gonna make your chest grow. It means that it's probably gonna make you gain weight. That's the only thing you're going to be gaining, sweetie. <laughs> and Cherry and Margo, or Cherry and, and, and Punky are just like, oh, okay. Like, come on, girls. You're smarter than that. Come on. I mean, yes, Cherry is using a plastic thumping thing to think to increase her boob size, which will never work. And uh, Margo's eating cheese puffs. Come on. 
But the girls are interrupted by a visitor who's decided to descend upon them in the treehouse, and it's Betty. Betty's come for a visit. She's gonna talk to. She's gonna talk to all three of these girls. I really want to know where Margot's getting her information, or is she just making assumptions? Oh, I thought Mar Margot had Chief's puffs on her. She doesn't have them. Okay. So the girls hear Betty down below. And the uh, trap door is shut. Betty, why didn't you just announce that you were coming up? Of course they're not just going to have that trap door just hanging open waiting for you to come up there. They didn't know. So they help, Buddy, they help Betty up into the treehouse. And she kind of asks, like, all right, what are you kiddos up to? And Sherry's like, eh, you know, just, just girl talk, you know, stuff like that. So, Betty's like, oh, I love girl talk. What are you talking about? What's the subject? And boy, do Margo, Punky, and Cherry are like, uh, 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 sweet, uh. <laughs> Yes, it's a touchy subject. I know, you can't bring it up to an adult. It's embarrassing. Well, there we go. Cherry's like, you know what? Margo was telling us that cheese puffs make your boobs bigger. Well, at least she's honest. This is great doorway that you've opened, Cherry, to bring on this conversation. Oh, Punky is so stressed out as, uh, Margot tells, corrects Betty, like, oh, no, you eat the cheese puffs, you know, and increase your chest size. And Punky's like, can we please change the subject here? This is, this is... I think if Punky hadn't overheard Henry saying, I wish... Punky would stay a little girl. I don't want her to develop into a young woman. That maybe she wouldn't be as hesitant to talk about. I mean, she'd probably still be nervous. But she doesn't want to talk about this at all. So Betty shoots down any possible theories these girls might have. Any myths that they led to believe can make them any bigger. No, like, clamshell pushing thingy. No cheese puffs. Betty says it's not going to make your boobs bigger or make them come any faster. And the fact that breast size is based on your jeans. And of course they're all looking at their pants. They're all wearing jeans. And Betty's like, no, I actually am referring to your genetics. Like your 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 heritage. Your, your parent, you know. What you get from your parents. So I like how Betty says that genetics also determine your height, weight, and the size of your feet. Interesting. I mean, I know I was always kind of like, was told that I was built like my mom, like I had long legs. But I do have the height thing from my dad, whereas I'm only five foot 2 I'm not big. I do make jokes about... Me being short. Jeremy makes jokes about me being short and everything like that. Like, when I was cooking today and the smoke alarm went off, he's like, oh, can you get that? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let me just gain, you know, let me just uh, grow six inches and I'll get right on that. <laughs> but I pretty much, my feet size are right around seven and a half to mainly eight. So I think eight, size eight for feet for women is pretty average. Usually when I would look for, you know, either boots or shoes or Crocs or whatever, I'd always go for seven and eights and half the time you wouldn't find them because everyone else had already gotten to them. Um, 
In reference to chest size, uh, my mom, my mom was pretty decent average in that area. You know, pretty nice size. So I remember my aunt telling me, mm, "You're not gonna get that same chest size." Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty average. I'm pretty, I'm happy with where I'm at. You know. But isn't it true, like, if you start losing a bit of weight, though, your breast size does start to get smaller, I thought. Ugh, Punky really does not want to talk about bras and boobs. He's like, please, please, let's talk about something else, anything else. And I wonder, hopefully, that Betty does address Punky's apprehension. And poor Cherry's devastated. Like, there's nothing I can do? And Betty's like, well, you can't change it. You can't rush it. You know, it's going to come when it's going to come. And of course, Margo's like, great. I'm stuck with a year's supply of cheese puffs. Who told you that theory, Margo? Your mom? Your brother? Although she's got a younger brother. But still, I want to know. She must have gotten that from someone at school. Because her mother wouldn't have told her that. Come on. I'm surprised she's even allowed to eat cheese puffs. Since her family is so fancy. And they got money. And, you know, her mom is so... High society sophisticated. I can't believe there's any form of salty food in Margot's pantry at home. So, of course... Cherry is very depressed. She doesn't like the idea that she has to wait to get a chest. And in the background, we see Punky. She is just kind of like harumphing. Like, really still on this? Are we, can we move on to something else? And of course, it seems like this whole chest thing has to do with the fact that Cherry, like, wants the boys to notice her. She, like, tell that to the boys at school. Like, you don't need a big chest to get noticed at school, sweetie. Guys are going to like you for your personality. And you guys are 11. You really don't need to be worrying about boys liking you just yet. That's why they say boy girls mature faster than boys mentally. Boys are still going to be a bit rowdy. They're not really going to start looking at you till they're like 15, 16 years old. So you got you got a good 4 or 5 years before that'll happen. Some boy named Chip called her a pirate's treasure, a sunken chest. Seriously? He's a jerk. You don't need guys like that telling you that crap. Nowadays, that would be considered sexual harassment, Cherry. You don't have to take that. Remember those commercials about sexual harassment? Where, like, that is sexual harassment, and I don't have to take it. Well, with all this stuff going on in the media, I mean, slightly died down a little bit with the whole stuff going on in Hollywood with the, you know, people coming forward, women coming forward and finally admitting what's going on working in a men-dominated work industry in Hollywood and how they're being treated unfairly regarding uh, of pay, of just being treated like objects and not human beings. I'm happy that they finally this, this broke and that women are able to come out and, and speak about the injustices of what's going on. Because that's not fair. And Spud calls her a carpenter's delight, flat as a board. These boys, I would punch them in the face. 
I, I would. That is just cruel. I love Betty's advice here. Like you tell Spud that sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. I remember one of the things when I was young, and then a kid teased me on the playground. My mom had taught me that, and I remember saying that to that kid. Like my mom said that this sticks and stones and blah 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 blah. So that is one of the words of advice I could remember my mom actually telling me just you know before she had her stroke and she couldn't really talk anymore. But I just kind of held on to that. As, you know, wise words of wisdom. And <laughs> Cherry is like, what if he keeps teasing me? I love Betty's response. You guys are going to hear it in the clip. Then you rip his lips off. <laughs> Punky is exasperating. She's like, are we done yet talking about this? Sweet. Okay. I'm like, okay. Um, Cherry, Margo, can you guys excuse us? I need to have a word with Punky here. Something is clearly bothering her and she's screaming at me. And I want to get to the bottom of this. So, I'm going to play this clip of the girls and Betty kind of talking with them, and then I'm going to talk more about this. I'll come back and talk about this conversation that Betty is having with Punky. And I'll be right back. Who is it? Help! Open up! Quick! Here. Help me up. Before I find out if I bounced. <laughs> so, what are you monsters up to? Just scroll talk, you know. Oh, my favorite. What's the subject? Oh, uh, well, well Margo yeah. was telling us that cheese puffs make your boobs bigger. Chewy? That's just what I'm about. But don't they get yellow crumbs all over your chest? <laughs> No, no. You eat the cheese puffs. Can we change the subject here? Girls, there isn't anything you can eat that'll make them grow any faster or get any bigger. Don't say that! Your breast size is determined by your genes. <laughs> no! No, no, no. Genes with a G. Oh! They're characteristics you inherit from your parents. They also determine your height, eye color, and the size of your feet. Okay, now that that's settled, can we please talk about something else? You mean there's nothing I can do? Nothing? You can't rush it. You can't change it. Oh, great. Great! I'm stuck with a year's supply of cheese puffs. <laughs> I'm so depressed. Cherry. The size of your chest has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Tell that to the boys at school. Chip Green says I'm a pirate's treasure. A sunken chest. Oh, honey. And Spud Lugner calls me a carpenter's delight. Flat as a board. Well, you tell Spud that sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. But what if he keeps teasing me? Then you rip his lips off. Margo is getting dark, so I'll drive you home. You and Cherry go on down to the car. I'll be right there. Bye, Punky. See you later, Punky. So, 
Betty kind of starts the conversation by saying, you know, I talked with Henry and he mentioned that you were starting to develop. You know, I thought it'd be, you know, nice if, you know, you and I went out and we got you your first bra. And I like that Betty is offering to do this for Punky. But Punky's not really having it. She's not really this whole bra business. She's not, it's not her cup of tea. But it's only that because the fact that she heard Henry say that he doesn't want her to grow up. So, and Punky's like, yeah, someday that'd be nice. And Betty's like, well, what about right now? It's like, yeah, she'll probably, um, you know, drop Margo off. And then maybe Ch Cherry can help you pick out a bra, Punky. Betty will be there, help make sure you get that right size that you need and everything. Like, you know, she doesn't need much right now. Just a little training bra to get her started. And, of course, Punky vetoes a whole, like, right now is not good. It's out. I, um, I got a pro I promised Brandon I would teach him how to skateboard. Like, yeah, she's just making an excuse to try to put this bra business as far away from her as humanly possible. Okay, well, Betty asks, like, don't you want to get a bra, Punky? And Punky immediately, well, we get to the root of this problem right now. She's like, no, I don't want to. And Henry doesn't want me to either. Boom! Didn't take long for her to finally crack and admit what is going on. Luckily, Betty is there to hopefully talk a little sense into Punky. Please, Betty, help her out. She's really struggling. She's upset. Punky, you've been awfully quiet. Is there anything wrong? No, not really. Uh, Henry mentioned that you were starting to develop. I was thinking it might be nice if you and I went out and bought you your first bra. Yeah, maybe someday. How about right now? Uh, I can't right now. Right now's out. Oh, why? Uh, well, I promised Ben that I'd teach him how to skateboard. Yeah, that's it. I see. Don't you want to get a bra, Punky? No, Henry doesn't want me to get one, and I don't want one either. Well, apparently that conversation just quickly ended because now we're in the kitchen and Henry's making uh, dinner. I love the opera music coming back. You know, Henry is Henry is such an opera opera buff as he's making salad here. I love him using the two spoons like he's using to kind of sift the salad and kind of mix the dressing in with it. He's using the spoons like he's a conductor. It's just fun. It's like he's getting into the music. So, Betty comes in the back door, turns off the radio, and Henry, of course, is like, No! Why did you do that? And he quickly turns the radio back on, and the announcer says that was Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Flower or something like that. The announcer's like, yes, it's worth listening to, especially to the last five notes. Crap. He doesn't have that on record, maybe? That, I'm... I guess not. So Henry's like, is there a reason you're here other than to annoy me? And Betty's like, you know what? I had a chat with the girls. The one, of course, you didn't want to have with Punky. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, my time obviously is not wanted here, so I'm going to go. And she turns and Henry's like, no, no, no. He grabs her arm and he's like, no, just what went down? Tell me, tell me how it went and everything. And Betty, of course, is going to tell him. It's like, she must 
Krista overheard us talking because she thinks you don't want her to grow up and you don't want her to get a bra. So, the thing is, she says, well, Punky said you don't want her to have a bra. And he's like, well, where would she get an idea like that? And Betty's like, well, I don't know. Think, Henry, think. Remember a day or so ago you had that conversation with Betty? Don't you think maybe, just maybe, Punky might have been listening in? I, 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 just, just think about that for a minute. So Henry takes it upon himself to, he says, you know what? After dinner, I'm going to take Punky to get a bra. I'm going to take her bra shopping. And Betty's like, all right, you know what? My work here is done. I saved a teen from the bra crisis and I'm going to go. And Henry does, you know, he thanks her. Thank you for, you know, talking to my daughter and everything. That really, that saved me there. Henry, Punky doesn't want to go bra shopping with you. It's about as awkward as me going bra shopping with my grandmother. Which reminds me of when I went wedding dress shopping with my sister. You know, that'd be, you know, a nice sisterly bond. Well... She got me a couple dresses, you know, try these on and everything like that. So, you stand on this, in the spot with the dress on, you got these mirrors all facing you. I tried the dress on. She's like, well, look at yourself. Guys, I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. I really, really don't. It's really uncomfortable. So, I just glance like, oh, yeah, good. All right. Oh, we'll, we'll get this dress. Even, and this was a strapless wedding dress also and talk about being really awkward as the lady who's going to be doing the fitting for the wedding dress like came in and she went into the dress and like touched my chest area to try to lift them up to be able to get you know to fill the dress out more it's like oh you got to have them on display like no I don't oh god this is so embarrassing why are you touching my chest (laughs) So I think I just tried the one dress on and I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Bye-bye. Alright, so we get a shot of the mall here. Speaking of the mall, I want to see Henry's photography studio at the mall. Why don't we get that? This is like your basic nighty lingerie part of the mall. And we have, it says bra sale and they got just... Any old size bras, all different sizes, just tossed in there to to wear. I love how Henry kind of peeks around the corner, and Punky's just standing there. They're right outside the doorway, and she has got the most miserable, I don't want to be here face. Like, let's hurry and get this over with. So he, like, takes her. They're still hanging by the doorway. He takes her and turns around like he wants to leave. But then they come back around, and Henry has got Punky's hand in his. Like, let's go. Let's get this over with. So immediately they're walking in there, and Punky pulls this, what looks like a fancy brassiere that would be, like, um, a bustier or something in, like, a burlesque show that's just casually just hanging out with all these regular plain Jane nighties. And Punky's, like, touching it, and Henry's, like, putting her hand, like, don't, don't touch things that we're not buying. So... We get this lady who's a little heavy set, and she's wearing a muumuu, and she's got this crocheted black hat on, looks at Henry, and she's got this lingerie 
like a teddy or something held up against her body. It's clearly not her size. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not making fun. Looks at Henry and asks, what do you think of this one? Why are you asking a stranger what he thinks, how you'll look in that? Or, or why in general? Why are you asking one of the sales ladies there? They might be more being able to give you advice. Just asking some random gentleman. I am so playing this clip right now because he's like, oh, madam, he's, he's playing, he's playing. Oh, when I picture you on that gown, I'm uh, uh, speechless. And she just like giggles <laughs> and walks like, I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious, lady. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. This is just funny. Henry's just trying to be so polite and not rude and everything like that. Like, uh, you look nice, I guess. Over there. Look at this. <laughs> what do you think of this one? Me? Yes, you're a man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, madam, I picture you in that garment and uh, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'll take two. She'll need two. So she thrusts the teddy at the saleswoman, tells her, I'll take two. And then Henry kind of comments to Punky, she'll need two. And Punky's like, you know, Henry, I'm going to go grab someone to kind of help me. He grabs Punky's like, no, 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 we don't need that. So he tells her, no, no, we'll be out of here in no time. There's no reason to get any strangers involved. And we have what looks like a floor model who's kind of just, she's got like a nightie on and a silk flowered robe over it. And she's kind of opening the robe and kind of like twirling around like. This isn't Victoria's Secret, but why? I, I've been in Victoria's Secret once or twice, just to, you know, look. And not once did I ever see someone who was wearing a nightgown on the floor and flashing people as she's spinning around like she's on an acid trip or something. That woman looked like Bliff Danner. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, but it looked like her. The woman, her face looks like it was chiseled out of marble. Henry just picks a bra out of that bin, a bra that is like a double D size, hands it to Punky, not even looking at the bra or her, says, here, here's a good one. There's no way in bloody hell that that is going to fit her chest. So she kind of drapes it over her chest, and she's kind of like, uh, you know, Henry, I might be new at this, but uh, something doesn't feel right here. This just mm, doesn't... Mm. I know Henry is super uncomfortable. He's embarrassed. He doesn't want to be there. I mean, this is her first bra. She's going to need a... She's got to be measured. She's got to know, like, you don't want to go with the wrong size. I mean, if you think about it, Tony Maselli from Who's the Boss in season one, Samantha is developing and she needs a bra. And he just gets a package, 
brings it home, and of course she's not satisfied because her friend's got one that has a little rose in the center of it. So, uh, I don't know. This is guys and getting bras for their daughters just it, it it's it's a funky situation, awkward for all involved. So Henry actually turns to look at her. It's like, oh wow, yeah, that is not the size bra for you. As he takes it off of her, puts it back in the bin, and is greeted by this very cheery saleswoman who's like hi like what excuse me um i daughter bra um so this woman is like right in henry's face like how can i help you and henry is so flustered he turns around points to the model on the floor who's walking around in a negligee it says that that woman there needs needs help. Um, she can't find the dressing room, <laughs> and of course the saleswoman just laughs. And, oh, never mind. She, she works here. But what can I help you with? And Henry leans his head cocked slightly to the side, whispers, "We're shopping for my daughter." And Punky is watching this, and she's. A little... She's irritated. She's like... He can't even go into a... Shop... To buy me a bra... Without it being overly embarrassing for him. He's clearly not taking this seriously. He's uncomfortable, Punky. Come on, I know. You see? You should have taken Betty up... When she offered to get you. You and Betty and Cherry... It could have been a girl's experience. Cherry could learn something. When you get your first bra, so she'll know what to expect when she goes to get her first bra. Now you're awkwardly having to go through this with your father. So the girl, this saleswoman is so loud. Oh my god! You're getting your first over the shoulder boulder holder! She's grabbing Punky under the armpits. Like, please don't touch me. And Punky is just glowering at this woman like, who is this, Frank? So she's giving Punky all these suggestions like, cross your heart, underwire, padded, quilted, what? Quilted? We're not shopping for toilet paper. Quilted bras? And she definitely doesn't need an underwire. I've had those underwire bras. Trust me, those little metal things... Wire things can sometimes, like, poke out and jab you. Lace or cotton? Lace! Lace is more... You, you're getting kind of on the fancy side there with the lace. Lace is like I'm getting a bra. I want somebody to see it. Preferably somebody either of the opposite sex or however, right? You are freaking punky out, woman. She is at a 10, and she needs to, like, notch, go down, a, like, down to a few notches to, like, a 6. Henry, or er, Punky finally breaks it. <laughs> I don't want any of those. I don't even want to be here. And she runs off. Uh, even more awkward. So Henry races off to try to find Punky. Of course, Punky is going to be in one of the dressing rooms. Oh boy, this is awkward. He would not even be allowed in the dressing rooms. Seriously, I don't care whose father you are. Even with my dad, if my dad took me close shot, he wouldn't be in the dressing room with me. My grandma would be sitting on one of the um, 
padded cushion things out in the dressing room area for, you know, and my grandma would kind of, she wouldn't just comment on, like, my outfit when she'd buy me clothes and stuff, like, here, try these on. She would, like, other girls would, like, come out and just their mothers would be there and my grandma would be commenting on those two, like, eh, maybe uncomfortable. Like, maybe, grandma, they don't want your opinion. <laughs> Henry! You don't ever open up a dressing room door without knowing who's inside of it. He pulls it open and this woman is... Like, in her bra and panties. What the, What in the world? You don't do that. That stuff can get you arrested. Especially in today's age. So I'm going to play the scene between um, Henry and Punky, and I'll be right back. Henry, I'll go and get someone to help us. No. I mean, we'll be out of here in no time. No need to get strangers involved. Pardon me. Here's a good one. Henry, I may be new at this, but something's very, very wrong. I see what you mean. Hi. Can I help you? Um, that woman needs help. She can't find the dressing room. <laughs> she works here. What can I do for you? We're shopping for my daughter. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, you're getting your very first over-the-shoulder boulder holder. <laughs> well, what'll it be, honey? Cross your heart, underwire, padded, quilted, lace, or cotton? I don't want any of those. I don't even want to be here. She seems a handful. Excuse me. <laughs> ah! I'm terribly sorry. Funky, what's the matter? Tell me what's wrong. Maybe I can do something about it. stop me from getting boobs? I don't think so. <laughs> Why would you want me to? I'm scared I might lose you. Lose me? Why? I heard you tell Mrs. Johnson that you wanted me to stay a little girl forever. Oh. Now that I'm changing, I'm scared you won't want me anymore. Why would you think that? My mom stopped wanting me. Listen to me. I will never stop wanting you to be part of my life. You know why? Why? Because you're the best part of my life. Mm. How come you're sad that I'm growing up? Remember when Brandon was a puppy? You told me you never wanted him to grow up? Yeah, he was so cute then. <laughs> well, he did grow up. How do you feel about him now? Don't you love him just as much? Sure, even more. I have the same feelings about you. I'm a little sad when 
You outgrow certain things. But I love you even more when I see what a fine young lady you're becoming. Now do you understand? Yeah. How come you've been so weird about my boobs? <laughs> yes, I have been weird. But I apologize. But you see, people talk about those subjects much more freely now than when I was growing up. Oh, no bras back then? <laughs> oh, yes, we had them. Uh, not me personally. <clears throat> but the point is, kids didn't talk about them. Not unless you wanted your mouth washed out with soap. Did that ever happen to you? No. My mother used babo. <laughs> the times have changed. And it appears I still have some growing up to do, too. I'll try and be more mature about these things in the future. I'll help you, Henry. Thank you. <laughs> Look, it's been a rough day. Why don't we just go home? No way. Now that everything's okay, I went over-the-shoulder boulder holder. <laughs> this way, young lady. I must, I must, I must increase my bust. A bust, a bust, a bust is just a must. <laughs> Punky is standing in. She's actually, I don't think she's wearing two different colored shoes. But he asked her, you know, tell me what's going on. Maybe I can help. And she's like, well, can you uh, stop me from getting boobs? <laughs> he's like, eh, no, I can't do that. So, and he asked, you know, why would you want me to do that? And she's like, well, I'm scared I may lose you. It's like, why, why would you lose me? And then we haven't gotten this in a while. We really have not gotten this in a while. Since probably season two. Of Punky thinking, you know, my mom. Well, I, I mean, excuse me. Um, Punky did say, you know, she, she admits I overheard you telling Mrs. Johnson that you wanted me to stay a little girl forever. You know, and she admits, you know, I'm scared that the fact that I'm changing that you're not going to want me anymore. It's like, sweetie, he's always going to want you. Change is inevitable. It happens to everybody. We all have to go through changes. So she brings up the fact that, you know, my my mom stopped wanting me. Punky, and I've said this before, guys. 
Punky, your mom, sweetie, your mom had a lot of problems, a lot of issues going on. And just honestly, I, I'm going to tell Punky that um, you're much better off with Henry. Because your mom had so much going on with herself that she couldn't take care of you. That's why she probably let you go. You know, I, I don't know. I wasn't there when it happened. I'm not inside her mother's head. But her mother just... I think, honestly, to be honest, that Punky's mother, her parents were probably drug addicts. Or, you know, one of the male people that had problems, that their problems, they let the problem overrun them, and they just, her mother just dropped her off and said, I can't, like, basically, I, I can't take care of you anymore. This problem, what's going on with me, is bigger than my being a mother to you. So, I see that Punky is always going to go to that fact, and kind of comparing, always comparing Henry's, Henry and his actions as in how she interprets the actions of her mother. Like, like my mom stopped wanting me. You're going to stop wanting me because I'm not a little girl anymore that I keep growing. And I love what he says here. I will never stop wanting you to be part of my life. Sweetie, you're his. He, he, he went, he fought the court to keep you in his life. He adopted you. He's given so much of himself and done bent over backwards, getting a job and, and everything just so you can stay with him and you guys can build a life together. That's more than her mother probably ever did for her. I mean, that's what a parent does. They put their child ahead of their own life. Ahead of their wants, their needs, their desires. To make sure that their child has the best world that they can possibly give them. And Henry assures Punky that that is never going to change. So I am never going to stop wanting you in my life. Yes! Henry! Oh, I love that. He looks at her and says, You are the best part of my life. Girl, you woke up that sad, broken man and you made his heart grow three times bigger, just like the Grinch. So she kind of looks at him and she kind of asks, you know, why, why are you so sad about me growing up? And I love how Henry kind of compares this to like remember when Brandon was a puppy and you just you loved him and everything and you wanted him to stay a puppy forever and now that he's older I mean you don't love him any less and she's like no I in fact I love him even more and he's like you know that's how I f feel about you you know whenever you grow out of a pair of shoes or or something like that and you just it's like you hit these milestones you're you're changing every day and just, he's amazed at the young lady that he, that she is turning out to be. Henry, that is because of you, guy. And, and, and Betty, and, you know, it's just, you loved that little girl when she had nothing. And you taught her 
just the importance of what it means for a parent to love a child regardless of DNA. Guys, I love this relationship between them. You would never see a show like this today, Don. You would never see this. So, you know, he asked her, like, do you understand? And she's like, yeah, but why have you been so weird about my boobs? And Henry, of course, I love how Punky is so upfront with him about it. She's so straight talk with, the, with him. And he's like, well, see... And I like how he explains, you know, back in my day, we just, we, we didn't talk like that. We didn't talk about bras. Yeah, what girls wore them, but we didn't talk like, you know, about them and stuff. And if we did, we got our mouth washed out with soap. <laughs> it's like, Punky, in Henry's time, things were more stricter. There weren't a lot of loose mouths then. You were a certain things subjects that you just did not talk about and bras and boobs were one of those things and I like how you know before he tells her about you know how things were back in his time he's like you know now in this time thing people talk about things so much more freely than how they did in my time and it's a, it's a little unnerving you know it's just you know that Punky is growing up in this age where you do talk freely about you know things that were deemed appropriate, inappropriate back in the day. But she's a growing girl. She's got questions and she just wants answers. So, you know, and I like how he actually says, he refers to, you know, children. Because he's trying to be on Punky's level. It's like children didn't talk the way that you do now. They they were more kind of closed-mouthed about certain things. And when they did talk about stuff like that, they got their mouth washed out with soap. So he just kind of says, you know, um, we've had a really rough day. Would you prefer we maybe do this another time? And she's like, no, we're already here. Let's let's do this. I want to get my own over-the-shoulder boulder holder. So now we move back to the treehouse as Cherry is still trying to increase her chest size with that plastic contraption with a spring in it. It is practically pitch black outside what are you doing in that treehouse in the dark sweetie it is chicago that is not safe for you to be outside like that but punk uh, cherry admires herself in the mirror thinking she's seeing improvement you're not sweetie no much no matter how much you will that you are not seeing anything there oh the classic balloon in the shirt trick Cherry, cherry, cherry. <laughs> and Cherry is obviously satisfied with this look with the balloons there. It looks like you have breast implants or you're lactating because you're breastfeeding or something, Cherry. <laughs> this is not a good look for an 11-year-old. So while she's, she's still doing the bust a must thing as Punky comes up and she's got a little... Uh, a little gift bag there. She's got a little something something in her bag. She got her bra. Oh, uh, I see uh, the cheese puffs. The cheese puffs on the little table there. Cherry ah! is trying everything she can think of. So Punky's all excited. Like, hey, Cherry, I got my... And then she turns to face Cherry. And Cherry's got the balloons in her shirt. Punky's like, oh my god. Sweetie, they're not real. Come on. They're, they're not real at all. This did not happen overnight. 
So Punky, of course, is like, oh my god, that, that Busta Must thing actually works? And Sherry's like, that's right. And she pops one of her uh, balloon boobs. <laughs> and then Punky's like, yeah, right. You got me, Sherry. Good one, though. Good one. And they hug. <laughs> and... That's the end of the episode. It was a really cute, sweet episode. I, I liked it. I'm going to honestly give this a, um, I'm going to give it a four, uh, four out of five. The, I knocked one off for, you know, Margo and Cherry with their cheese puff and their bustamus things. Like, uh, yeah, that just kind of got old after a while. It's like, please stop breaking this out. Um, but I really liked... Uh, the talk that Henry and Punky had at the bra shop. I liked um, with Betty trying to talk to Punky and everything. And just the girls kind of talking and stuff about, you know, boobs and bras and this and that. It's fun. You know, I just, um, yeah, it was, it was a good episode. I think that was like. Let's see. The talk with Henry and Punky at the end. Betty and Punky's talk. And um, the girls kind of talking about the, you know, boobs and bras. And also the one where Henry's just kind of admitting to Betty about the whole I don't know what to do. I'm kind of in over my head with all these changes that Punky's going through. So as far as uh, Punky's principles, I'm just don't really lean too much towards myths about when it comes to chest sizes and stuff like that or just things that you think might help because they won't like Betty said it's all about genetics you know the size and and all that good stuff so all right let's give a warm welcome to some new and regular punky power listeners we have San Francisco Inglewood California San Francisco, California, Oakland, California, Santa Clara, California, Centerville, Maryland, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Dickinson, New North Dakota, sorry, Mesa, Arizona, St. Petersburg, I think Russia, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, St. Paul, Minnesota, Pinehurst, North Carolina, Monroeville, uh, Pennsylvania, Frederick, Canada, Graysonville, Maryland, Walthamstow, I'm sorry if I'm butchering, uh, United Kingdom, Coram, New York, Temecula, California, and Mountain View, California. Alright guys, the next couple episodes aren't really the greatest in the world. Uh, season 3, episode 12, Fighting City Hall, which aired on November 13th, 1987. This is where Punky and Henry campaign to turn an empty field into a city park, but Henry's fear of public speaking gets the best of him. Yeah, not that great and wonderful. Um, and then, of course, the next one, which is season 3, episode 13, entitled The Matchmaker, which aired on November 13th, 1987. Punky sets Henry up with the school librarian while Mrs. Johnson goes on a dating game show. Why does Henry need to be dating anybody right now? D did he say he's lonely? He wants to get out and date? C come on, Punky. So these ones are kind of like, I don't know. Um, I might just get them out of the way this week. We'll see. We'll see. Um, because we also have My Fair Punky, which 
Punky tries to fit into high society. I, it's interesting. Um, the anniversary. Guys, this is the episode of the season. As far as I'm concerned, this is the episode that makes Cherry Johnson. For this entire... Uh, aside from Cherry Lifesaver, this one, her acting ability is... Out of this girl hit this episode out of the park. The anniversary episode is where we hear what happened to Cherry's parents. We know that they passed away. Spoiler alert: they were killed in a car crash. Um, but I just want to kind of bump up some of these not so great episodes and kind of get them out of the way. They'll still be, you know, I'll make them entertaining. Don't worry, don't worry. But, uh, alright, guys, have a wonderful week. Let's pray for some warmer weather because it's getting, it's the middle of April and I want warm weather. I want spring before we hit, like, 70, 80, 90 degrees. 70 degrees comfortable. When you get into the 80s and 90s, it's going to be sweltering. And when you work in a factory, it can be a little disorienting, especially when you start to get dehydrated. So, alright. Like I said, have a great week. I will see you. I'll probably see you later this week. Like I said, I'll probably might knock out a couple of these this week. All right. Bye-bye.